At any given moment, the next breath, the next nuance of one's senses goes forward into the future from the past. And we hesitate usually a little bit unless we're profoundly meditative or we're engaged in radical action like a running up the side of a mountain so that we're in the midst of the movement. But in almost all circumstances, there's a slight pause as our consciousness decides how safe the next breath is, what the nature is of the next moment. How shall we define that thread which becomes a weaving? Who are you? Who am I? So let us be with a guided meditation about this and address the manner in which we caretake our history into our present toward the future. Yesterday I saw a Baltimore Oriole. It's the first time I've ever seen one in my life. It was astonishing. Here in northern Texas, orange and black, stunningly beautiful. He or she came actually over a two-day period several times looking for water and food and finding it beneath the pecan tree. So etched in my heart of hearts is this astonishing beauty, mysteriously present of this glorious bird. Now, when we tell the weaving of a story of who we are, we tend to choose certain moments in space and time and enhance them with our mind, our emotions, our idea of status or lack of status how we push and pull against the past, against the future, toward the past, toward the future. And we're in a time when I observe so much argument about what is happening, what is real. And I decided to do this today partially because of watching this so much in the human race all throughout our world. As we jockey for position, rather than addressing a cosmic weaving of the human race, intercontinental weavings of Asia, Africa, Australia, and New Zealand, the Americas, Europe, and then oneself within all that. <clears throat> I will note anonymously, although we can find it if we're looking in the news and the bookstores of our world, there was an interview given by a Lebanese, Iranian, English woman, and an African American woman and a Chinese English woman about the history of humanity and how much more we understand now than we did a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago or, as the author stated, even 20 years ago or 15. Watching the three women address the common human being from radically different places of study, and yet one language as historians, women in conversation, asking the questions about past, present, future. And what was gloriously beautiful is when one of them would start to get stuck in her own politicized or um, culturally appropriated or culturally argumentative perspectives, 
it would go forward and move into a sense that was larger than where the human being has been stuck in separation, isolation, judgment. And it gave a renewed experience of what we are doing here now, these three women here upon the earth. So allow yourself to be comfortable in your breathing, your posture of sitting or lying down or walking or driving, bicycling. In exhaling, let go of any tension or any reaction against the day or the night. Be aware that in our place at the loom of God, the loom of the universe, we often react, I don't like it. It's too late. It's too early. It's too noisy. It's too urban. It's too rural. There's enough status, too much status, no status. We create this position of something in Hinduism called maya, or illusion, rather than being present at the loom. Exhaling, let go of all that is not you. Then as you inhale, you and I and all human beings are in relationship to Orion or Betelgeuse or any one of a countless number of stars throughout the cosmos. There's nothing to react against. We are made of stardust and so are those stars. Those two stars are still alive. Some are being born. Some sustained for a moment to millions of years. Some being absorbed back into the cosmos just as you or I are born of the greater self, the soul. This breath, next breath, oh my goodness, born, sustained, yet also being absorbed by the universe. And children are being conceived and born and growing in years as our adults and elders, until we eventually enter the loom of God and stop being the living temporary thread that we hold as so important. You are important. All other human beings are equal to you in dignity and you to them. What does the breath feel like and just being and doing from a place of that reciprocity of dignity. All of us are on the loom of the divine, the loom of the universe, and allow the thread of your life to be fulfilled. In the breath, in the cells of the body, in your stillness, or your calmness or contentment, or your worry and anxiety, or your striving, 
or your courage or your receptivity. Allow the divine through you to respond to itself. Oh yes, as I take my next breath, may I allow all of my ancestors to be at peace within me. In my next breath, may I allow all that my ancestors represent in me to be fulfilled on the highest or deepest or truest path that is my life. You may have nuances from a great-great-grandmother of direction in the mountains or the valleys or the city streets. You might have aspects of wisdom from an ancient patriarch who led some parts of your family over a mountain range during a war or went and rescued four sheep that his family might live through the winter. And thus, here we are, centuries later. And that courage and wisdom is part of you. You who are beside me. The quality of our ancestry links us to the stardust of the cosmos, the stardust within our own bodies, and also to the soil and rocks and firmament of the earth. The earth which is moving, whether through earthquakes in Morocco and Turkey this year, the floods of Libya, the droughts of much of the world in these waves of heat, and earnest changes in climate due to the earth itself and human beings' usage of petroleum products. Be aware of allowing in your next breath that your ancestry helps you in this moment toward the next breath to know how to move with courage and wisdom toward a moment that has not been here before, the next moment and the next and the next, <clears throat> that you might be a worthy descendant of these people, that through your breath, your aspiration, your alignment, your responsible love and commitment, even to your own life itself, as well as the lives of all other human beings, all other sentient beings, all of creation, that that promise in you is your path. And that moving through you then moves the air, the atmosphere, which we breathe, which renders your human life possible. So that from the breath, remembering sentimentally your ancestors and yours and yours, and yours and mine, you and I and we and all of humanity takes the next breath and we go forward. A whole civilization. So much more interwoven historically than we really subtly contemplated adequately. Oh, and how shall we live so that your child 
and your grandchild and that great tree and that rose bush and that small Baltimore Oriole and that great heron might find their way when I am gone, when I become an ancestor. What happens then if we embody adequately that weaving on the loom of God or the universe, that we are a fulfillment of heaven, a fulfillment of the stars. Well, what begins to occur is a principle of internal direction, wherein a young or older person knows to be virtuous, and his or her or their selves willingly move correctly toward an alignment of seeking, praying or aspiring and practicing and embodying this principle of heaven on earth. Then in the heart of hearts is a living conversation, your signature of who you are in heaven, humbly but in dignity here on earth. What does that feel like? However many months or years, decades, you or I are here, as we go to the future and the next breath, if every breath and moment embody this principle, we set a course for something very beautiful. Then, whether we have a relative who has left us in the Libyan floods or the Moroccan or Turkish earthquakes, or we have a friend or relative who's one of the first responders, or we across the continents are a living strength of principle and life to those people who have survived, to those who have not, to those who are helping. We are the ones planting a seed for the next rose bush, for the next leaf that flows out through the flood and becomes the fertilizer for the sea and a tiny fish is born, or it becomes a seed digested by a bird and passed through their body to root in the earth to become a tree miles away from where we've seen that beautiful creature. All of this is interrelated. All of this is, in a sense, our safe home. As you breathe out, allow yourself to let go of the ancestry where you've been told you are not enough or where you've been invalidated or criticized because you don't meet the opaque quality of someone else's judgment. Your real signature is quite transparent 
like looking through a stained glass window. Oh, there you are. Look at the light passing through you. There you are. Listen to the sound of heaven in your breathing as I sit with you and you walk with me. Then the transcendent nature of the light, the sound, the creation which constitutes your human incarnation is a vessel that is blessed, that is willingly loved by me and other loved ones in your or my lives. This would be a simple, true north, a true direction of home. In the breathing, in the cells of the body, let go of all the places where you were taught bad things about yourself or others, where you've held on to utilizing your life or the lives of other people as a weapon, as an implement of hatred and division. Be aware of the direction I've commented on many times of Rainer Maria Rilke's comment, perhaps all dragons are but princesses who at once need our love and attention. Be aware of simply bringing your wish for all that is evil to awaken back to heaven and let it go. As Jesus said, I say unto you that you resist not evil. Ask that all that has fallen in the human race be blessed back into the Creator, back into that Great One. If you're a secular humanist, be blessed back into the cosmos. Let all the space in which hatred has existed in your lineage and your ancestors into yourself, let all of that be filled with light. Let all of the places where separation and divisive judgment has been what you were taught was sophisticated and important. Let all of that go back out into the cosmos and allow in your heart of hearts, your consciousness, your mind, let the mind be your friend, that it observe the universe, that it observe the world, that you might make heartful decisions every breath, every moment, based upon the wisdom of your ancestors, the individual and collective and universal virtue of your ancestors, that in this moment, we might bow to that quality of a living Buddha possible in you, in me, in every being. We might bow to the possibility of that which is blessed by the prophets, that which is known as loved by the saints, that which is experienced with such reverent meaning as wisdom by the philosophers. That the heart has a moment of silence 
where the light of the void is everywhere within oneself. And light and silence become one. And your cells realize something called grace. Light and silence are realized as one. And the cells of your incarnation experience this as grace. And begin to be a living offering into God, into that light, into that sound, into your breath and heart and incarnation as a living altar or a living vase holding a bouquet of all the moments you will have on this day. How blessed. How exquisite. Oh, it's you. I'm just overjoyed to see you, to listen to the universe beside you, to seek the virtue possible for me on this day beside you. Ah, oh, my path and your path. Then from this present moment, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, this present moment, this wonderful moment, we receive the grace and the next breath and responsibly embodying that next moment, we find our way home, alone and together with everyone and all of life and all of creation, everywhere and always.